It is the Christmas season, and, uh, and I know that, you know that, but, but the reason I make that statement is because have you noticed how, I mean, it's sometime like around Labor Day now in September that we start seeing advertisements for Christmas, and I'm always like, oh, no, 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 it is not Christmas, I'm not even going to watch the advertisement, no, uh-uh. Uh, but, but I would say now's the time. Go ahead and start watching the ads, kind of join into the joy of the season because it is here. And Christmas really is an invitation to rejoice, isn't it? I mean, just think about, my goodness, all that happens at Christmas time. There's, it's just magical. I mean, uh, number one, Santa is coming. Amen? Yeah, and that's a good thing, right? And even, even just the wait, you know, we, we say, man, somebody's as slow as Christmas. We're just talking about when you're young, you know, like still in high school, whatever, you know. And uh, that's supposed to be funny. Y'all got to work with me here, okay? So, but, yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, you know, you're really, really young, you know, and, and you just can't wait for Christmas to finally get here. And you're going, oh, it's so slow. I just want to open all the gifts under the tree. But even that part of it is fun, right? The family gatherings, the laughter, the smile. I mean, if you think about it, Christmas, the whole thing is just this invitation to rejoice. It's an invitation to sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. But, but what Christmas is overall, this invitation to rejoice, is, is really the same invitation when it comes to the coming of the Messiah, the unwrapping of the gift of God's Son, this, this idea that Jesus is the chosen one, and the chosen one has chosen you and me, and he has chosen to invite us into his joy. He unpacked that invitation I hate to say in a brilliant way, he's God, so of course it's brilliant, but I'm saying in a brilliant way in uh, really his inaugural sermon when he uh, stepped into the synagogue in Nazareth and he unpacked the invitation to joy in a very profound way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be reading from Luke chapter four and, and I'm gonna invite you to stand with me and I'm gonna kind of just kind of go through the text fairly quickly. So if you will, just follow along as I read. But I'm asking you to stand to just honor God and to acknowledge that what we're about to hear is truth without any mixture of error. And we are saying, speak, Lord, your servant listens. So listen as I begin reading, starting with verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. On the Sabbath day, he stood up and read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Thank you for honoring God and his word. Go ahead and grab a seat, and let's just dive into this text. I'm telling you, 
this Christmas, the gift of Jesus, the gift of Messiah is an invitation for you and for me to rejoice. Think about rejoy, rejoice. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us to enter back into, maybe you've been losing a little bit of the joy of your salvation. Maybe you're kind of bah humbug. Uh, maybe you're more Grinch than you are, you know, celebrating. Listen to me. The invitation of Jesus this Christmas is to return to the joy of the Lord. And here is the joy. The chosen one has chosen you. The chosen one chose you specifically to invite you into his joy. First of all, Jesus clearly proclaims he is the chosen one. He is the one who is doing the inviting into the joy of the Lord. Notice Jesus goes into the synagogue and he opens the scroll of Isaiah. He opens it up to chapter 61. Both then and now, it is a well-known prophetic passage prophesying the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah prophesies over 700 years before the birth of Jesus, 700 years before he said, God is going to send a Messiah, and this Messiah is going to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. And this Messiah is going to defeat the enemies of God, and this Messiah is going to uh, put away all injustice, and he is going to make all of the wrong things right, and he is going to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus goes into the synagogue. He opens up to this prophetic passage. He reads it, and then Jesus declares, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is saying, the Messiah that Isaiah prophesied is here. I am he. Now, the word Messiah is Hebrew, and it means chosen one or anointed one. In Greek, the word Messiah is translated Christos or Christ. And it means the anointed one or the chosen one. And Jesus is declaring unequivocally, I am the long-awaited Messiah. I am the one chosen of the Father to come and invite you into the joy of God. Uh, I'm telling you, Peter and the disciples believed that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah, the chosen one who invites us into his joy. You remember when Peter confessed you were the Christ? Remember Christ in Hebrew is Messiah. You are the anointed one, the chosen one. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus is saying, I invite you to rejoice because I am the chosen one. And here's the cool part. Here's the part that ought to have us grinning and smiling like a nine-year-old on Christmas morning because the one who is chosen, that is Jesus, is the one who has chosen you and you and you and you and me specifically chosen to invite us into his joy. As a matter of fact, Jesus begins to lay it out in this text, and he says, here's who I am choosing. Here's who I'm inviting into the joy of the Lord. All of you who are poor, did you catch it in the text? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, that's great news, isn't it? God is saying, hey, if you're here this morning and you don't have two pennies to rub together, guess what? I came to invite you into the joy 
joy of the Lord. If you are homeless or hungry, good news, I came to invite you into the joy of the Lord. If you are a widow or an orphan or you are hurting, good news, I came to invite you into the joy of the Lord. And you go, wait a minute, no, no, if I accept Jesus, then I'll no longer be homeless or hungry. I'll no longer be an orphan. No, 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 listen to me. God gives partial fulfillment in this life and then ultimate fulfillment in the life to come. And what Jesus is saying is, if you are penniless, good news, because in my kingdom you are rich. And the streets of gold is just the beginning of the story. And you will never suffer lack in my kingdom. But ultimately, hear this now. Jesus is saying, I came to all who are poor to share good news with you. But it's not just those who don't have two pennies to rub together. It's not just the penniless. It's also the prodigal. Uh, but but he, it's not the prodigal who is saying, I don't need my father and I'm headed to the far country. He said, I came for the prodigal who recognizes they're already in the far country and they are ready to come home to the father. Is that you this morning? Or was that you years ago when you came to faith in Jesus Christ? Jesus is saying, rejoice. Because I came for all who recognize they are poor in spirit, who recognize they are living in the far country, who recognize they're far from God. I came for all who recognize that even our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. I came for all who recognize that we are stained by sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I came for all who understand you're in the far country, but I came to tell you, I'm the father who welcomes you home with open arms. See, Jesus didn't come for those who are puffed up and proud. Jesus didn't come to invite those who declare their own goodness and their own righteousness into his joy. He said, no, 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 that's not who I came. I didn't come for those who are rich in spirit. Those who say, I'm a good person and God allows all good people to go to heaven. He said, no, 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 no. Uh, he didn't come for those who say, I, I don't need the Messiah. I don't need a Savior. I don't need the cross. No, he came for those who are poor in spirit and recognize their need for Jesus. See, Jesus said, I came for you if you're poor. And I came to tell you that I'm the Father and I welcome prodigals with open arms. I love prodigals. I forgive prodigals. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Come home. See, that's who Jesus came to invite into his joy. But not just those who are poor. Notice that he says as well, I came to invite those who are bound up, those who are captives. Did you catch it? He's going, I want you to rejoice because I want you to understand I came for you. If you're one who is a captive or if you once were a captive before you came to Christ, look at this. He said, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. And yeah, he's talking about those who are literally physically held captive in prison or jail. And he's saying, I came to preach good news to all who are prisoners. And you go, well, 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 Gary, are you 
Are you saying if, if I'm in jail or I have a loved one in jail, if they'll just pray and ask Jesus to be their savior, that they're gonna get a get out of jail free card? No, 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 I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that Jesus is declaring if you are bound up behind a jail cell, if you are in change, absolutely. Guess what? Jesus came to set you free in his kingdom. And the good news is there's no prisons in heaven. There's no jails in heaven. There are no felons in heaven. There's only forgivens in heaven. Amen? And there's no rap sheets in heaven. But, but he's not primarily talking about those who are literally bound by chains or locked up behind bars, though he's talking about them. What he's saying is, hey, if you find this morning that you are bound up by anything, good news, you're the one I came to invite into my joy. All of those who are bound up by their own sinful choices, whether that sinful choice is hate or greed or prejudice, or pride or sinful lust. He said, good news, I came for you. You're, you're, the, you're the prime one I came for. If this morning you are just bound up by loneliness, or maybe it's depression, or maybe it's addiction. He said, good news, those that are bound up, I came for you. You're the one that I'm inviting into my joy. And I know even as I mention the word depression, some can misunderstand and think, okay, Gary, are you saying if I ask Jesus to be my savior, that he's gonna banish my depression? I am absolutely saying that, but I'm not saying that he will necessarily do so in this life. I know there's chemical imbalances and all of those kinds of things. And I know in the very same way, if you've got cancer, you pray, and God is going to heal you of that cancer. He may do so in this life or he may do so in the life to come. And what he's saying is good news. I don't care what it is that has bound you up. If you come to me and you confess me as your Lord, your God, your Savior, good news. I will set you free and one day you will live with me in heaven and you will not be bound up and you will not be oppressed by sinful choices or loneliness or depression or addiction or anything else. You will be free in my kingdom. And then ultimately, he's saying, I came to set you free from sin, death, Satan, and hell, amen? Do you know before you came to Christ, if you're sitting here this morning going, why should I rejoice? I've heard all of this stuff before. Listen to me. Before you came to Christ, you were a slave to sin. Do you believe that? Before you say no, let, let me tell you something about yourself. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practiced sin is a, say it with me, what? Before you came to know Christ, guess what you were a slave to? You were a slave to your sinful choices and Jesus came and he set you free. Do you know before you came to Christ, you were a slave to Satan himself? They may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him, captured by him, captured by whom? By Satan to do his will. Did you know before you came to Christ, you were a slave to hell itself? The wages of sin is, you know what it says? The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, but the wages of sin is death. But Jesus said, good news. I came to set you free, and I've already set you free if you're in Christ. 
And he sets you free. How does he do it? By giving you a new nature. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And then he gives you a new power. And that power is the Holy Spirit. When you trust in Jesus, he makes you the temple of the Holy Spirit. And now greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen? And now all of a sudden, Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And greater is he who is in you. And Jesus gives you a power to break free from that which has you chained up. The human spirit longs for freedom, right? You ever seen somebody, maybe it's on a TV show, and they were just portraying it, but just released from prison or a jail cell, and the joy. You ever been in the fourth grade or know any fourth graders and the final bell of the day rings? Any fourth graders go, oh man, the worst part of the day is coming. No, they're like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Freedom! No longer chained to this chair, no longer bound in this classroom. Now I'm gonna go and run and play and play video games and hang out with my friends and eat snacks. Freedom! The human spirit longs for freedom, right? And Jesus is going, guess what? I want you to rejoice because I have set you free. That ought to mean something in your soul. That's why Paul said, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. See, Jesus came, and he's the chosen one. And the chosen one chose you. He chose you and you and you to invite us into his joy. He said, let me be specific on who I'm choosing here. I'm choosing those who are poor in spirit. I'm choosing those who are in bondage, and I'm choosing those who are blind. Did you catch it in the text? And recovery of sight to the blind. Yeah, it's physical. I got contacts on. That's why if you see me during the week, I have glasses on because contacts bug me and they rub my eyes and I hate contacts. Why do you not wear them on Sunday morning? Well, because I talk a lot and sweat a lot and they fog up and they fall down my nose so I'd rather wear contacts. But, but, but guess what? Jesus said, I came for all those who are partially blind like your pastor and I came for those who are totally blind. And you go, Gary, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying if I ask Jesus to be my savior then I can throw away my glasses, my contacts? I'm saying you may or may not be able to in this life but I'm telling you there's a life to come when you will throw away your contacts and you will throw away your glasses because Jesus said, I'm giving you perfect vision in the kingdom of heaven. But he's not just talking about those who are physically blind. You know that, right? He's saying there's a spiritual blindness. And before you came to know Jesus as your Savior, you want to know why you and I ought to be rejoicing. We ought to demand it of our soul. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice, O soul. Here's why, because before you came to know Jesus, you were spiritually blind, and that means that you could not see God. You could not see his grace. You could not see the weight of salvation. You could not see his mercy, his love. You couldn't tell truth from lie. You couldn't tell. You couldn't see that God's ways really are better than your ways. 
But Jesus said, I came. And what I did is I gave you spiritual vision so that you can see me and God and mercy and grace. And wouldn't you agree that that kind of vision is better than x-ray vision? Take that, Superman. And wouldn't you agree that what Jesus has done for us is just like Paul on the road to Damascus and the scales just fell from his eyes. What he did is he came and he removed the scales from our eyes so that we could see Jesus and salvation. What he's done for us is he's given us the opportunity to sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I, now I see. Jesus is saying rejoice because I've given you spiritual vision. Have you ever seen somebody that couldn't see and they got glasses for the first time and just the joy on their face. Watch this, it's pretty cool. Let's the ball, let it go. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Hi, what are you? Oh, good <laughs> Can you see so well? When you begin to understand the vision that God has given you, Jesus is just saying, hey, I invite you to respond like this. <sighs> God, you're so good. Why are we not rejoicing? Oh, soul, why are we not rejoicing? And he said, finally, you wanna know who I've chosen to invite into my joy? Yeah, it's, it's the poor in spirit and the captive and the blind. But honestly, I think this one is my favorite one. He said, I've come for you if you are oppressed. I came to invite you into my joy. Look at this. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know what the word oppressed means? It means those who are weighted down by life. I've shared this with you about 100 times now in seminary. They taught us, hey, listen, when you're preaching, remember this, in every seat there is a broken heart. Do you believe that? The truth is, every single one of us this morning, we are carrying around blessings and we are carrying around burdens. And if you and I love other people and if we sit with other people and if we talk with other people and we draw them out and we don't just talk about ourselves and we don't just talk about how the Cowboys really are going to actually win the football game today and we don't just kind of divert the conversation, right? But we listen to them and we draw them out. Then the truth is there is a burden that is waiting them down and they will share with you their burden. I'm telling you, in a span of about 24 hours this past week, I just stopped and thought I was sitting with a family who was grieving over the loss of their loved one. The body had not even been carried out of the house yet. And then at a Christmas party, I mean, just a few hours later, I'm sitting with a woman and she begins to tell me the story of how her cancer has come back. It has gone into her liver and she is facing major surgery in January. And then just a few hours after that, I hear about a woman whose 
a saint in our church and her mom just died and Kim and I are on the phone and we're praying. The truth is, in every chair this morning, there is a burden that is weighting you down and Jesus said, hey, I came for you. I came to invite you into my joy. What's weighting you down this morning? What's the burden that you're carrying around? Is it a financial strain? A child is walking away from Jesus? Is it depression? Is it you've lost hope that your life will ever get better? Listen, Jesus said, I, I invite you to rejoice because you gotta understand, I've come and, and here's, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna help you carry your burden. Listen to this. He says, come to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for yourself souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light so you say Gary when I come to Jesus he's just going to remove all of my burdens no 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 I didn't say that I said Jesus is going to come alongside you and he is going to lighten your load he's going to bear your burdens with you and that's why he said my yoke is easy and my burden is light but I am saying this as well that no matter what your burden is ultimately Jesus is going to take that burden off of you in his kingdom one day and I'm telling you, you're going to live with Jesus in a kingdom where there's no crying, where there's no tears, no heartbreaks, where there's no death of loved ones that we ever have to weep over. When I was writing those words, just that word, the words to the old Andre Crouch song came back to my head, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king Hallelujah, hallelujah, soon and very soon we're going to see the king. And then the next verse says, no more crying there, we're going to see the king. The next verse, no more dying there, we're going to see the king. Jesus said, if you are oppressed today, weighted down by a burden, here's the good news. I'm inviting you into my joy because I'm telling you, I'll come alongside you and I'll carry the burden with you and one day I will remove the burden from you. So Christmas, the Messiah's coming is an invitation to enter into the joy of the Lord. Let me, let me ask you a question. If you could receive the perfect gift this year, it's in this box, what would it be? What would you want to be in this box? Uh, there was a time where Kim and I driving a two-door Toyota Corolla with three kids. Lived in Columbus, Georgia, making the 14-hour drive back here to see family every Christmas and every summer. And if you had asked us, we would have said, and we wouldn't have felt guilty about it, we would have said to you, the perfect gift is a minivan. And if God would just give us a minivan, we'd never ask him for another thing in our life. What, what would be in this box if you were saying, this is my perfect gift this year? Is it a new diamond, a Chevy Tahoe? All expense, family vacation, all expenses paid to Vail, Colorado, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Some of you would say, you know what it is, Gary? It's an intact family. Others would say it's a restored marriage. Some in here would say, you know, the perfect gift would be a spouse. Thank you very much. And some others are going, you know what? Uh, an engagement ring 
would be really nice. Some are saying, I'd just take a date. Just a date, doggone it. A stinking date. Is that too much to ask? I do pray that you get your perfect gift. But on the other hand, if I told you, you can only take one of these two boxes, and in this box is the righteousness of Jesus. Now, now remember, I'm not just pulling that out of thin air. Jesus came to proclaim good news to the whom? The poor. And guess what the good news to those who are poor in spirit is? You can have the righteousness of Jesus so that one day when you stand before Jesus, you don't stand there in your own righteousness. You stand there clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Hey, what if you could unwrap in this box the righteousness of Jesus? But it gets better. What if in this box is also freedom? Freedom from that which has you in chains today, that which has you bound today. What if you could unwrap freedom from temptation and freedom from addiction and loneliness and depression? And it's all yours in the kingdom of heaven, fully and finally, one day. And what if in this box is also not just freedom, but the recovery of your sight? What if in this box uh, there is spiritual vision so that this morning you could begin to see God and his grace and his mercy and his love for you, and you could begin to discern sin from truth and that God's ways really are better than your ways? What if in this box there is spiritual vision like you've never had before? And what if in this box there is also the release from whatever is weighing you down. He said he came to proclaim, proclaim liberty those who are oppressed. So what do you want? Minivan or Jesus? I mean, I, I do know about you because I know you're wise and I know you agree with me. There is nothing in this world that compares to Jesus. And so together we say, give me Jesus. Would you say that with me right now? Give me Jesus. And listen, when you get Jesus, you get joy. So what am I inviting you to do today? Simple. I'm inviting you to choose the one who's chosen you. Don't leave here today. Whatever you do, it would be an eternal, eternal, that's a long time, mistake to leave here without choosing the one who has chosen you. Listen, there really is a kingdom of this world. There really is a kingdom of heaven. And Jesus really is the king of the kingdom of heaven. He came to this earth. The king came to this earth. He died on a cross in your place to pay the penalty for your sin. They buried him in a tomb. He rose again, defeating sin, death, Satan, and hell. And what he says to you this morning, if you choose him, if you just repent of acting like you're the real king, acting like you're your own king, and instead you believe in Jesus, place your faith, your trust in Jesus, and if you follow him, you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, then guess what? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus will save you today. We'd love to talk to you about that at the next step room. It's right there in that glass enclosed room. Come at the end of the service, and there'll be people who will tell you how you can choose the one who's chosen you. Final thing I'm inviting you to do, if you're sitting there going, I've already done that, Gary, then my invitation to you is to enter 
into the joy of the Lord. Paul said it, right? Rejoice in the Lord. Do you realize rejoicing is a choice? Paul commanded his soul. He commanded his soul. He demanded of his soul. Rejoice, soul. Stop and consider what you have in Jesus. How do you enter into the joy of the Lord? Well, well, how do you enter into the joy of the Christmas gift? I mean, you take that baby and you start ripping the bow off and the paper off and you pull it out and if it's closed, you put them on and you stand in front of the mirror and go, I look good, don't I? And if it's a toy, you start playing the toy and you enter into the joy of Christmas and you enter into the joy of the gift. Do that. Spend some time today. Maybe during halftime of the game. Cowboys are gonna kill them. It's gonna be boring anyway. So during halftime, sit with Luke chapter four and just, okay, Lord, here's what I have to rejoice over. You came to set the captive free. You came to preach good news to those who are poor in spirit. You came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You came to give sight to those who are blind. Oh, soul, rejoice. Don't let the world rob from you the joy of the Lord. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and we're gonna be dismissed. Let me just tell you, when I say amen, there are gonna be people at that next step room. If you wanna know how you can choose the one who's chosen you, we'd love to tell you. You wanna know how to get involved in the process of membership here at the Heights or follow the Lord in baptism. You want somebody to pray over you. You want somebody to disciple you and show you how to disciple others. Listen, right there at the next step room, we'd love to help you take your next step with Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, thank you. And may our response be, Lord Jesus, to command our soul. Rejoice in the Lord always, O my soul. And again, I will say, soul, rejoice in the chosen one who has chosen me. We pray this, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. You're dismissed. Merry Christmas.